Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. This week's message comes from Pastor Brian Vaughn. Thanks for being here this morning. This is your first time. Welcome. Uh, We are so glad that you are here. And we find ourselves right in the middle of this Advent or Christmas season where we're celebrating the, the coming of Jesus as the Messiah to the earth the first time and looking forward to his return. Uh, when everything will be fully realized in a new heaven and a new earth, and we have hope to look forward to something, and uh, to look forward to that, the way that, that he will renew all things. And uh, it's a time to celebrate, and that's what we do this time of year, right? We, we celebrate, uh, and I don't know uh, what some of your traditions were, but I was thinking about some of, of our families, some of the things that have become traditions as we celebrate the holidays, and uh, one of those is usually uh, right after Thanksgiving, uh, maybe even Thanksgiving weekend is typically when it, when it happens, we start pulling out all the, the Christmas decorations, and we'll, we'll make some hot chocolate, and uh, we'll watch a movie together and, and decorate the tree, and uh, it's really interesting, it's a little sad, uh, because it used to be seven of us around that, and we'd celebrate that, now... It's gone down, there's only like four of us in the house when, when that happens, so that's, that's a little sad question I thought about that. Um, joy, we're talking about joy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, okay, we agree. Uh, one of the movies uh, that we like to watch, the one that we usually watch when we're de- decorating the tree is uh, the movie Elf. You've seen that? Yeah. About Buddy the Elf, who's actually not an elf, he's a human, but he grew up as an elf, thinks he's an elf, even though he was gigantic compared to all those uh, uh, around him, and then he, he's, he's faced with uh, just the reality of, of who he is and, and who his parents were, and he goes off to meet uh, his father, and the thing that I love about Buddy the Elf is just the pure and sheer joy that he has throughout the movie. Uh, and then he, he goes through some hard circumstances, but then kind of jumps back in. But one of the scenes that, that sticks out in, in my mind every time is uh, Buddy has just gone out on a date with a, a girl that he met, and he's, he's just enamored with her. And he, he bursts into his father's office uh, after he goes out on this date, and he, he swirls around and he says, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I, I love that, that declaration of joy. He's just overcome uh, with excitement, with expectation, and, and he's filled with, with at least happiness, but he, he portrays it as, as pure joy. And one of the other tenets in the movie is uh, uh, one of the, the principles for the elves is that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is... You've all seen it. Yeah, singing loud for all to hear. And uh, it's just a, you know, it's a fun movie. And uh, it's filled with, uh, reminds us to, to find joy and innocence and, and, uh, and the simplest things and, and friends and in family. And I love it. But it got me thinking about these declarations of joy. And we make declarations of joy all the time, right? 
Uh, sometimes it's centered around, if you're a parent, uh, centered around our kids, maybe their accomplishments or, or milestones in, in their lives. And we don't mind declaring it and sharing with people. Let me tell you about what my, what my, my son or, or my daughter uh, has done or what they're going through. Or, or for some of us, it may be our favorite sports team and they make it to a championship and we celebrate those things and we don't mind sharing those with, with the world. Or maybe it's uh, things going on in our lives and, and uh, successes and, and things we just want to celebrate. We're, we're good at celebrating things, but I wonder if sometimes maybe there's, there's more to celebrate. There's more to find joy in. And when we think about joy, I don't think joy can be separated from gratitude and expectation. Because joy is, is much more than, than just happiness, it goes beyond our circumstances, and it even can coexist with pain and sorrow. Because joy is built on truth and hope and love that cannot be taken away from us. Um, a, a theologian and, and, and priest and writer named Henry Nouwen says, talked about joy this way. He said, joy is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death, nothing can take that love away. The experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and nothing can take that love away. Joy, joy that transcends our circumstances is built on truth and hope and love. And so we want to talk about joy for, uh, for a few moments this morning. And the way that I want to do that is to look at some of these declarations of joy in Scripture. And around Christmas time, we can't even talk about the birth of Jesus without going to Luke chapter 2. And we haven't done that yet in this Advent season. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Uh, if you don't have Bibles, there's, there's Bibles around you, or that will pop up on uh, on the screen. But just to give you a little context, I would imagine that many of us are familiar with the story, and maybe we've heard it so many times that we could even quote it, right? But just to give a little context, the people of Israel have been waiting. They've been waiting for their Messiah, a king who would come and set them free from oppression, restore who they are and their rights as, as the people of God. And they've gone through years and centuries of what seemed like silence from God. And then a messenger, an angel comes onto the scene and, and comes to a young girl, probably a teenager named Mary. And the man to whom she's betrothed to, uh, named Joseph, and in separate occasions, he reveals to them that through Mary, she would conceive the Holy Spirit and, and would bear a son, and that son will be called Son of the Most High, and Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And then that is confirmed to Joseph, uh, because that, you know, just people are going to talk. They know that they're not married, and, and so Joseph knows that he's not the father, the, all of that, and then this angel appears to him and gives him assurance. It's beautiful. Assurance that God's work, God's at work here. 
And so we pick up at this point where they've had to go to another city uh, to, to register for the census, and they find themselves in Bethlehem, which is not too far from Jerusalem. We pick up in Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. I think that's an appropriate response. The angel of the Lord surrounded them. The Lord's glory surrounded them. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. That's our first declaration of joy this morning. I bring you good news that will, be great, that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a great host, a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the, heaven, in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. I love that. This declaration of joy that first came through this messenger, through this angel, then became the joy of the shepherds. As they received that message, they believed that message, and they're like, let's go to Bethlehem. We gotta see this for ourselves because we realize what this means. This is the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord has been born, and we, that shatters everything that we've probably ever thought about this, but let's go check it out. And they go, and they believed, and it said they were so overcome that they shared with everyone they, they came into contact with. They made their own declarations of joy. And the thing I love about this is the fact that God chose to announce this to shepherds. And the shepherds in, in that culture were at the low rung of, of society. They had a very dirty job. They weren't necessarily respected. They were often very poor. And yet God chose to reveal himself and to reveal this good news that will bring great joy to all people to these shepherds and they didn't keep it to themselves. I think that's pretty cool because they, they had in their minds this promise that God had made centuries before. 
And we want to look at another declaration of joy from the passage that the Rogers family read for us this morning, and that's in Isaiah chapter 61. So if you want to turn back to that, that's in the Old Testament, it's a little past halfway. And Isaiah was a prophet and essentially a messenger himself, not an angelic messenger, but a messenger from God that God chose to to give his messages to his people. And in this passage, in Isaiah chapter 61, the end of which are the verses that, that the Rogers read, this declaration of the prophet, he says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. And it comes at the end of a passage that Jesus actually references in Luke chapter four. In Luke chapter four, it tells us that that Jesus entered a synagogue and the attendant there, they recognized him as a a great teacher. And so they handed him the the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he said, he opened up the scroll to this section that we're gonna read. In verse one of chapter 61 of Isaiah, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives. The captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. It says that Jesus, after he read that, he, he closed the scroll, handed his attendant, he sat down, and he said, this is fulfilled in me today. Oh, I love that, so cool. But Isaiah goes on with the words of the Lord. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. (laughs) I want to be a great oak. Isn't that cool? They will be rebuilt. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing the cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and, and boast in their riches instead of shame and dishonor. You will enjoy a double share of honor. And this is good news. This is great joy for them, for the people of Israel that are hearing these words words because for ages they have been oppressed and also experiencing the consequences of their own rebellion against God and turning away from them. And what the, what Isaiah is saying here with the Lord, the words the Lord are saying is that, hey, what you've been walking in will be reversed because there's one that's coming. Goes on, you will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are a people that the Lord has blessed. And then we have a transition into Isaiah's words here, and it's what we read earlier. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. 
the sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Isaiah's declaration of joy is I find joy in the Lord my God who has dressed me in salvation and draped me in clothes of righteousness. Essentially what he's saying, he's taken off and stripped me of my filthy rags of sin and rebellion and suffering and pain, and he's clothed me in salvation. I love that picture. And it's in that salvation, it's in that righteousness of God that Isaiah the prophet is finding his joy. And for him, for the people of Israel during that time, their joy could not be based on their circumstances. Especially even those that that, that were faithful to walking the way of the Lord, they were persecuted for it. And so if their joy was based on, on the things around them, based on their circumstances, based on what they saw or what they wanted from God, but they weren't experiencing in that moment, if it was, if it was based on, the, on that, on their circumstances, then they would just be crushed. But for Isaiah, his joy was built on the fact that there is salvation and righteousness in the Lord his God and that he could walk confidently and faithfully in that. So we have the declaration of the messengers that good news of great joy, that the Messiah, the Savior has been born, this declaration of the prophet that, man, I can rest in the salvation of the Lord. The next declaration I want to look at is in Romans chapter 5, and this is the declaration of an apostle. It's a declaration from Paul. And if you've been reading through the scriptures with us, uh, we've been reading, if this is your first time with us, we've been reading through the Bible together since January. And we have cruised through and we're in the New Testament. And uh, over the course of this week, we've read through the book of of Romans. (laughs) And I think Romans is often uh, a little kind of misused. Uh, I think we often look at the book of Romans as uh, uh, like a theology textbook. And we, we take things out and we, we kind of build doctrines around, which isn't necessarily wrong, but I think it's important to understand what was the point of Romans and why was it written. It was actually a letter. It was a letter written from the Apostle Paul to believers in the city of Rome. And the thing about the believers there, you had, you had Jewish background believers who saw their faith and their trust in Jesus as the continuation of what they've been, what they've believed all of their lives. And then you had Gentile background believers, which I mean, Gentile was just non-Jew, but often they, they were growing up in cultures that had multiple gods and very pagan and, and sometimes very violent practices. And so you've got all of these people that are coming together, that have been transformed by Jesus, that are walking and doing their best to walk the way of Jesus, and they're trying to be church together. They're trying to be body together. And there's conflict there. And there's even more conflict because at the point before Paul is writing, many of the Jews had been exiled out of Rome. 
And so these Jewish believers are left, and then the, the Gentile believers are, man, they're just doing things. They're doing things their way. They're going. And then, and then the persecution arises, and, and many of these Jewish background believers come back to the city. And so they're there together, worshiping together, trying to care for one another. And you've got conflict because the, the Jewish background folks are saying, wait, you guys need to, you need to practice circumcision. You need to do all of these things. And, and then the, the, the Gentile back, background, we're like, where have you guys been? We're, we're doing just fine on our own. You know, we're, we're following Jesus. We're doing our best. And Paul's hope in writing this letter was to bring unity to them. And so everything that he writes in that is going towards this purpose, that they would be united in one truth, one message, one gospel. And Romans 5 is in the middle of that. And the place we're going in this passage is at the end. And Paul's declaration is that now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. That's Paul's declaration, but let's, let's see the context of that. Chapter five, verse one. <coughs> Sorry. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Just notice the, the words of joy and rejoice that we're gonna read through. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though maybe someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who was especially good, but God. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was, was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now, verse 11, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Paul's declaration of joy is that we get to walk with Jesus. Because of his work on the cross, our position as enemies and sinners, enemies of God has been erased and wiped away. And now we can be called friends of God and walk in relationship with God and talk with him and listen to him, just like we would a friend. We see that Paul's hope and Paul's joy is built on that. Because he said earlier in the passage, he said, it doesn't matter 
what our circumstances are. We can rejoice when we run into problems and trials because they produce in us endurance and character and all, all these things. And, and Paul's not just putting out something that just sounds good. He's lived it. If we read some of his other letters and we read the book of Acts, we see that Paul was beaten numerous times because he's following Jesus and preaching about him. He was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned. He had sickness, experienced just about any hardship that any of us could talk about. And yet he still found joy in the fact that he was a friend of God and was able to walk in relationship with him. And because of that relationship, he had a joy that transcended his circumstances, transcended the heartache and the pain. He had a joy that was deeper than the diagnosis or the destitution or the struggles and conflicts and families and, and among friends. He had a joy that transcended all of that and helped him endure all of those kinds of things. The last declaration of joy that I came across this week was a declaration of a poet king, King David in Psalm 16. So that's where we're going next. His declaration, he's a, a man known as a man after God's own heart, even though he did some horrible things. But he repented and humbled himself before God. And so he was known as a man after God's own heart. His declaration of joy is this, that, oh Lord, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. What I love about the psalm, the psalms, is I believe they, they give language to our prayers. And they're very human, they're very raw. And we can't build our theology on them <laughs> because the psalmist, like David, says things like, oh Lord, would you come and destroy my enemies and kill their children? Like that was him being honest before the Lord. <laughs> so we don't wanna build a theology and say, well, that's, that's good to pray that. But sometimes in our brokenness and in our desperation, we can cry out to God that way and he's able to handle it and then hopefully if we continue to sit with him and he give him the opportunity to transform our hearts, then he'll show us that that's probably not the best thing to pray for. But I think we, we, can, we can find solace in the Psalms because they show us that you can honestly come before the God who loves you and cares about you. This is what David writes with, with this Psalm. It says, keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods, but I will not take part in their sacrifices, 
of blood or even speak the name of their gods. David said, I don't care what the culture looks like around me. I'm trusting in your name and in your ways. Verse five, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. A lot of scholars believe that that's pointing forward to the Messiah, pointing forward to Jesus. And he finishes this psalm, this prayer this way. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. David's joy was found in the presence of the Lord, similar to, to Paul. And Paul talking about being a friend of God and in relationship with him. David's joy is found in the presence of the Lord. And he says, you're, you're with me always. And David trusted in the, in, in the promise that's made, that's made elsewhere in scripture that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It's where David found his joy being with God. And it transcended his circumstances because often in circumstances, he was running for his life. He was running from the king that he served. The king that he loved was, was threatened by him and, and trying to take his life. And in another stage of his life, and, and, and partially because of, of David's mistakes as a father, his son was trying to kill him and depose him. And yet, even in the midst of those circumstances, David found joy in the presence of the Lord. And so it was able to transcend his circumstances. The declaration of a messenger that brought us good news that the Savior, the Messiah, has been born. The declaration of a prophet that says, the Lord has dressed me in salvation and clothed me in righteousness. The declaration of, a, of an apostle says we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And this declaration of David that I find joy in the presence and the pleasures of living with you forevermore. So the question is, do I have that kind of joy? Do I have a joy that transcends my circumstances? And how do I cultivate that kind of joy? One other quick passage from the Apostle Paul. It's in the book of Philippians. And you cannot talk about joy without talking about this passage. It's in Philippians chapter four. It's not gonna be up there. I added it later. I, I wasn't going to add it uh, because I actually talked about joy this time last year. And I used the script, but you can't get away from this passage when you talk about joy. Paul writes this in chapter four of Philippians. And you'll read it this week if you're reading with us. Always be full of joy in the Lord. 
I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. And that includes that passage we read in Romans 5 about this beautiful relationship with God. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received in me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So how do we cultivate a joy that transcends our circumstances? We gotta think about the goodness of God. We think about what is honorable, what is noble, what is pure. We think about how he's provided and where he's provided and where he's moved in our lives. And we, we think about these things. We read scripture that points us to the goodness of God and we, we, we meditate on that. We think about it. And we pray. The definition of prayer that I love is prayer is simply keeping company with God. We keep company with God. Just like David found joy in the presence of the Lord, we we right there walking with Jesus as a friend, talking to him like we would to a friend, listening to him like we would to a friend, or that we should, <laughs> how we should listen to a friend. We pray about everything that's going on in our lives, all the circumstances, all the joys, all the hurts all the heartaches. And I think we also, just like those shepherds, when they received that, that message of good news and of joy, and they went and they saw for themselves, they declared it to everyone around them. So we declare it, we share it, we express it. I think all the things we've been talking about can't separate joy and love and hope and these things. In Galatians 5, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the work of the Spirit's work in our lives. Love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When we surrender ourselves to the work of God in our hearts and our lives, then this is the outflow of what that looks like. And so it gives us joy that transcends our circumstances. Richard Foster and, uh, is a writer, pastor, uh, wrote uh, an amazing book called Celebration of Discipline. And he considered celebration and joy as a spiritual practice, something you intentionally do. He wrote this, the decision to set the mind on the higher things of life is an act of the will. That is why celebration is a discipline. It is not something that falls on our head. It's the result of a consciously chosen way of thinking and living. And as we choose that way, the healing and redemption in Christ will break into the inner recesses of our lives and relationships, and the inevitable result will be joy. But we have to practice it. 
and we have to choose it. And sometimes we need to be like Buddy the Elf and say, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I'm a friend of God, I'm a friend of God, and I don't care who knows it, and I want, but I want you to know it, and I want you to experience it the way that I have. So I close with this question. What is your declaration of joy? Where does your declaration of joy come from? I want to challenge you to sit with that this week. Keep some company with God and say, God, where, where do I find my joy? Is my joy based on you? Your salvation, your presence, the relationship that I have the opportunity to walk in because of who you are and what you've done in my life. So I want to challenge you to sit with that question. We're not going to do the, the normal invitation that we normally do because I just want you to, to think about that. And you may be in here and, and the idea of salvation or the idea of relationship with God is, is something that's, that's foreign to you or something that's grabbing your attention right now. And if you'd like to talk to someone about that, uh, then we'd love to be here for you. We'll have some folks in the prayer room, which is back, back here. Or if you're watching online, you can, you can uh, reach out to Andrew, who's, who's there with you today. But come back, and, and there's some folks back there that, that want to talk to you about that. But, and maybe you've crossed that line of faith, but you've never taken the step of obedience to be baptized and to make that public declaration that, hey, my joy is found in the Lord. Uh, we're going to be doing baptisms next week. And so if you've never been baptized, but you have surrendered your heart to Jesus, then would you uh, either on the app or on the blue card uh, that's around you, if you're here in the building, mark that, hey, I want to be baptized. And somebody will reach out to you tomorrow and get you the information and, and, and talk with you and, and hear your story. But I'd like to right now just pray for us all to consider where our joy is found. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, I pray that every single one of us in this room would be able with confidence, with integrity, and with hope to say, my joy is found in the presence of the Lord. The pleasures of living with him forever. My joy is found in salvation and, and this robe of righteousness that, that God has clothed me with. It's found in relationship with God. God, help us to keep company with you this week. And Lord, if, if we're not, or maybe we haven't even experienced your heart, your love, your, your salvation, then Lord, would you draw us? Speak into our hearts, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for coming to live among us. Thank you for taking on our shame and our sin, for walking in 
Lord, the punishment of that, that we might be called friends of God. We thank you and we love you. It's in your name we pray. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.